You're listening to the Miami Dolphins Podcast Network. This is Drive Time with Travis Wingfield. Back to throw Tua, looking. Flips it down the wide open. <laughs> Touchdown, Tyreek Hill. Unbelievable. Just flew by him for a second time. Tua knew where he was going right away. How the hit is that, though, man? I really hope you soon jump on his bandwagon. Waddle, waddle. Tua, shotgun, back to throw, looking, steps up, fires, touchdown. Got it. It's Waddle. His sixth touchdown six pass touchdown of the game. day. Drive time with Travis Wingfield begins now. Let me check your pulse if you're not fired up. What is up, Dolph fans, and welcome to the Drive Time Podcast, part of the Miami Dolphins Podcast Network, covering your team, your Miami Dolphins. How's it going, everybody? I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and on today's show, Practice Notes, the penultimate training camp episode as we break down the second from last day of Dolphins Camp 2023. Plenty of good work to chew on, plus audio from quarterback Tua Tungavailoa, Bradley Chubb, and Cater Kohu. All of that and more from the Baptist Health Studios inside the Baptist Health Training Complex. This is the Drive Time Podcast. It's kind of funny to me, man. Like every year training camp takes the same arc for me. And this is my fourth now covering the team, or I guess fifth, because I was here for a year before I worked for the team. And I'm sure it's similar to how the players or probably everybody involved with the NFL absorbs camp. Like I could not be more fired up for day one at the start of camp. Then we get a little bit of a lull about a week and a half in before those first joint practices. Then you get a bump from those. And then after a couple of preseason games, you're just ready for the damn thing to be over with. Now, that said, as a great promo for the podcast here to kick it off, I thought today was an absolute blast. What's the old saying? Do something you love, something you're passionate about. If you do that, you'll never work a day in your life. That applies to me big time. But comparatively speaking, day 17 does not quite have the same shine as day number one. I think we start today's practice at the same place we start most practices, the quarterback position, and we start where we usually start with quarterback Tua Tungavailoa. It was funny. I I watched practice with Clay Ferrero from WPLG, our local ABC affiliate down here, and I told him after the second pass of practice, and this included ROA, routes on air, and individuals as well, I said, check back in two hours, and we're going to all rave about the practice that Tua had today. And I said that because I just thought he was incredibly sharp right from the jump, the equivalent of watching him on the driving range, just picking out targets with different clubs. I got 75 yards from my lob wedge. I got 100 yards from my gap wedge. My 9-iron, 150 yards away, got that too. Just dotting him up ahead of the round. And there were two throws that told me he was going to be in pristine rhythm today. He threw a ball to Eric Ezukama coming back down the stem on a hitch where the ball was on the face mask, not like right when he turned around because that's too early to me, But right when he turned around and was able to get his hands up in front of the face mask, the ball was there. And you just cannot defend that unless you're taking big gambles. And if you want to do that, we're happy to welcome it because then we have the -the over-the-top stuff as well. Then he threw one to tight end Julian Hill running away from Tua towards the perimeter. And Julian put his hands out right next to his frame. And the ball just kind of like, remember in Madden? I haven't played Madden in a long time, but a long time ago, when you would throw the ball and the receiver would like have it kind of come near him, it would sort of vacuum into like their arms. Like it just the ball would move in a way that's not natural to science and gravity. That's what it looked like. The ball just wedged in there perfectly in a way that you could not have done it better 
if you handed it off to him. Then the play that made me say that to Clay was the one that you saw on Twitter, and actually the play prior as well. Remember that play that X made a pass break on, pass break up on in the game in Houston? Similar look where he's kind of squatting and playing off and drives forward, but this time Tua, and this is where I, I think he does a great job of keeping defenses honest until it's too late. Like their indicators, he's not giving it to them until it's too late which is the ball coming out. He rips this shot to Cedric Wilson, where X fired the gun and tried to get around the receiver, Cedric Wilson, but the route and the ball were indefensible. That was the first play of team. Then he comes back with the ball to Chosen that you all saw on Twitter. And you know how I always say the best thing out here when it, is when I theorize something entirely on my own and get it confirmed? This is not quite that, but yesterday at practice, OJ McDuffie, solid name drop here, Fish Tank, Fish Tank Podcast with Seth Levitt. Check them out. Check us out in the postgame show on the iHeart app, on WIOD, on Big FM 105.9. OJ was telling me he thought the practice was more game plan stuff opposed to training camp script and straining to beat your men individually just to get work on tape. There's a big difference in training camp football and game plan football. Massive, massive difference, right? We all understand that, I, I hope. Maybe not. Sure enough, we got confirmation on that from both Tua and Bradley Chubb today. Let's go first to QB1. Well, I think our focus uh, starts here with Jacksonville. Um, We're treating this as if it were a game week. So just preparing the way we would on a normal day-to-day week. Normal down and distances, third downs, red red area. um, You know, and we'll see what they give us. So I'm I'm preparing as if I'm going to play. I mean, it feels good to practice against other teams, get other looks. Um, the preparation is a little different when you're uh, joint practicing, but um, you know, when when you're able to to practice on your own, get looks from the scout team. Um, I, I think that that definitely helps in preparation to play on the weekend. The ones did play last year in that final preseason game against the Philadelphia Eagles. So, if you want to kind of play, you know, mystery solver or uh, the Hardly Boys, as it were, I guess that would be your indicator that they are. Um, but that was a day where that was the day we lost Jason Jenkins last year, so that whole entire day was kind of a blur. Until that point, Tua talked a little bit about Jason Jenkins' impact. I'm not going to play it here because I didn't want to have to go through and cut it because it makes me cry every time. Um, so we're going to skip that. But let's go ahead and go ahead to Bradley Chubb right here, where he talked about the idea of working for a game plan opposed to just what you go through in training camp. Yes, for sure. It's a great change of pace. You know, uh, getting a chance to kind of. Hone in your craft, you know what I mean? Kind of better yourself. I mean, the last two weeks we were doing that as well, but it was against other competition and all that. So you want to – you kind of sacrifice the – not the, I wouldn't say the fundamentals just to win, but, like, you, you know what I mean? You That competitive edge comes over. Now it's a good change-up just to, like, kind of really better yourself, better everybody around you and uh, take it into to Saturday with full steam ahead. I do want to come back to Bradley Chubb here in a moment, but first – I want to get back to Tua, and I know I'm a broken record with this, but I only am a broken record when I'm insistent about a point, and it's been a theme all camp long. First, this defense forces offenses to play patient, and there was an article by Kevin Clark yesterday in The Ringer about Joe Burrow exploding teams, exploding, exploiting teams playing those two high and three high shells that force patience in hopes of generating offensive mistakes. Think about the Bills game last year in Miami. The Dolphins frustrated Josh Allen into a ton of mistakes. Now, we didn't capitalize on all of them, had several drop picks in that game, but that fourth down miss where Allen short hopped the ball on a relatively routine pass to the outside, 
that's what you're looking for. You, you make them run enough plays, eventually they'll melt down and have mistakes from an operational standpoint, from a quarterback decision-making standpoint, drops, short hops, it's all involved in that. Even if teams possess, possess the ball more than you and they move it more than you, if you don't score touchdowns, the game is always going to be close late. That's how defenses have combated explosive offenses in what is now a very much pass-heavy league. And no defense stresses this more than Vic Fangio's scheme historically. No system forces you to use every blade of grass more than this defense does. No defense has given Tua more issues in his young career so far than this. And we saw Brandon Staley, who runs a variation of that, give Tua fits last year. The, the, the worst game, I thought, of Tua's 2022 campaign. Because Tua loves to live within the timing and rhythm over the middle, this defense stresses taking that away. And before I say this next part, please allow me to clarify that doesn't mean that the middle of the field passing game is going to go away. Not at all. Not by a long shot. But if you can counter that, if you can exploit the areas that become vulnerable when you stress the middle to take it away from a de- an offense like this one, then you become impossible to stop because now we have a counter to your counter. And then if we can develop a counter to that counter, to the counter, to the counter, to the counter, uh, good luck. And with the speed this offense has, with the precision Tua has, we saw in the Texans game those two cover six beaters to Durham Smythe and Braxton Berrios, just really good quarterback play from Tua, throwing away from the double, throwing away from the bracket, throwing away from the leverage of that inside coverage. I've been talking about it all camp, those cover six beaters, the blitz beaters, getting it into the back's hands early to exploit the vacancies of the blitz and before the shell can close downhill. That's sharp. That's where I thought Tua was super, super sharp in practice today, just taking what the defense gave him. And Raheem Mostert, Miles Gaskin, Jeff Wilson, all these guys had a bunch of catches in this practice. I love the way that Tua can use finesse to get the ball to those spots. I referenced it on a podcast last week, or I don't know when it was. Doesn't matter, gold jacket, green jacket. But about how Ryan Tannehill never had that like throttled down arm speed to throw screen passes, to throw swings and wheel routes that require touch and finesse. Tua is such a master at that. And you're just not always going to be able to stride into every throw. You're not going to always have a clear lane. So you're going to have to drop the arm angle and throw soft touch passes and shovel, whatever it might be. So Tua's ability to manipulate the ball flight was really on display today in this practice. I don't read the other camp reports. I bet you're going to get a lot of people saying it was a ho-hum day for the offense, but I thought it was great. And people love Justin Herbert, right? And I understand all the traits that Herbert offers. Last year, he didn't have that great of a year, but I liked the way he accounted for quick reacting defenses, got the ball out of his hands and put it in Austin Eckler's hands. That's what we saw a lot from today today from Tua. And Tua, we know how deadly he is in the middle downfield intermediate portion in the passing game. If he really compared that with a short passing game and the quick answers to mitigate that stuff, like I said, it's going to be unstoppable. I just like how he's really, really drilling the parts of the game last year that gave him fits. A lot of those short receptions become these 10 plus yard runs because there's just so much space that you're operating against and because mainly the football is out early. I asked Tua about playing that style of offense and how important it is to balance explosive offense with long methodical drives. Here's the Miami quarterback on the balance between the two styles of offensive play. Well, I think it's very encouraging to see for our offense. Um, Adversity hit quick. Um, within the first two plays and we were able to knock that off and just continue to sustain the drive we converted our third downs and we were able to finish those so I thought it was really good 
And finishing up Tua's day, clean operation, no footballs in harm's way. He finished off that opening series I mentioned with completions to Ezukama on a quick hitter. Durham Smythe on that little RPO flat that we've known, we've seen in this offense a few times. And then had Raheem Mostert for a touchdown on third down on a little flat route as well. But Heem dropped it. He's been making that catch-all camp. It happens sometimes. Oh, yeah, he also threw the first play of the entire series was the exact same play that got picked off in Houston again to Tyler Croft. Thought that was cool to see. So aside from that play, you know, at the running back position from Raheem, I thought he was super nice with it today, heavily involved in both the run and pass game. He also housed a 40-yard touchdown run on the last play of the day where he stuck his foot in the ground and in the process of turning up field, made a man miss and took it for six. And then Rob Hunt and Connor Williams, who really opened that lane for him, key blocks at the point of attack. Rob Hunt ran downfield and Raheem slid onto the grass like a baseball slide. And Rob Hunt came down and did it too. It was kind of cool to watch those guys have some fun at the end of practice. Let's go ahead and take our first break right there and come back and do more practice notes. We'll also hear from Bradley Chubb and Cater Kohu. All of that's next. Drive Time Podcast. Your host, Travis Wingfield, brought to you by AutoNation. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Is this or is this not the very best time of year? I mean, uh, I still contend it's October because college football, NFL football, baseball playoffs, basketball is getting underway, hockey too. Actually, my family, I think we're going to become a Panthers family this year because my man Goldie has the ticket hookup and uh, Caroline's excited about going out and doing some stuff. We're actually going to Disney on ice in a couple of weeks, and I cannot wait to take her to that. She's going to lose her mind over Encanto and Elsa, man. She, uh, well, It's Mirabelle, but she calls her Encanto. But you get the idea. But this time of year, you begin to notice the football content that we get. It seems like it's getting more and more. On top of the season coming up right around the corner, we get the Manziel doc. Hard Knocks is past the halfway point. We've got Swamp Kings, a Florida documentary. That BS High documentary on HBO, looking at that high school football team that wasn't a high school football team. That comes out, I think, tonight. We made it, man. We made it through the dog days of no football. It is here. It is back. And it is glorious. And back to the practice notes. I thought Miles Gaskin was really sharp today. Popped a big run that looked similar to the one he had in the Falcons game where he made a couple of moves at that second level. He also got his fair share of passes. Again, same with Jeff Wilson. I can't wait to watch Jeff Wilson get some run in live action because he's had so many plays where he springs that first layer or first level. And then we know about the physicality he offers at the second level. Then he popped one for what I thought would be a 30-yard touchdown run at some point in practice. The running game's clicking, man. These games, it's not... I've been talking about it all camp. It's not just happening in the games. It's happening out here in practice too. And against a front that does not allow running yards from running backs, like the quarterbacks have gotten us, but not running backs. 
Alec Ingold, I'm just so good to have him back, and he's a big part of that, obviously. I say this all the time, but you just notice it with him and without him. But the stuff that he does, no one else in the roster can really do. So obviously very valuable. I thought Cedric Wilson continued to show what's been a good week. He's been really sharp with his movement, and that includes releases. That includes top of the route. Just looks shifty. This is a player who, you know, two years ago in Dallas was one of the top yak players, one of the most efficient guys in terms of taking advantage of the opportunities he got. You know, it wasn't obviously an ideal year for Cedric last year, but man, he's had a really good week and that that game on Saturday really kind of turned me on to what I thought was his skill set last year is quickly separating and making plays after the catch. I thought Chosen was super sharp today. My issue there is he's been not catching these passes and traffic in the middle of the field. And man, those tips and overthrows, you can't do that with this quarterback. He's so reliant upon timing and rhythm in that part of the field. You have to catch those. He has to be able to trust you in those spots because he had one go through his hand in the game and then again yesterday, I think it was. But anyway, the speed with Chosen is just so evident, man. Like He caught a vertical shot yesterday from the, from the slot right up the numbers that I think is, is one of Tua's best throws. And then he had one today where he ran the over route just running away from the defense where you can really see that speed as he opens up. Also made a gorgeous catch up the sideline from Skyler at one point in practice. I've been really appreciative of of Durham Smythe and the role that he fulfills. We saw it last year, not tons of opportunities in the passing game, but he got a few today and just doesn't drop the ball. He's catching a wall. Uh, he's really taking to the run scheme, I think. To me, this has been the best he's looked as a run blocker in his, what is it, six, seven years now for Durham Smythe. I continue to be really impressed by Isaiah Wynn. He stands out in the way that he gets movement in the running game, but also how he can redirect and pass pro. I talked about it in the film review, saw more of that today in practice. I mentioned Connor and Rob in the previous segment. Those guys pop every single day. thought Kendall Lamb had some really good blocks out in space on this one particular short throw from Tua, like a screen where he got out wide and made a big block. So offense looks sharp. I think defense is competing, obviously, as well. Uh, Let's go ahead and pivot to that side of the football here and start up front. You know who's had a really good camp is Raekwon Davis, and it tracks because Fangio always has this massive space-eating nose tackle, and Raekwon Davis is the biggest human being in our organization. I think he's added more penetration on top of the way we're accustomed to watching him you know, plant the tree against double teams and ride the wave down the line against zone running plays. Everything just looks a little more tuned up from him to me. The hands, the eyes, the feet. And as a result, he's getting more chances at splash plays and and doing more playmaking. Uh, Zach Sealer, who left practice momentarily with what looked like a cramp, came right back in shortly after. Just another day at the office for him. I had him with a sack and a run stuff and a batted pass. Isn't that just fitting? Like, this guy always fills up the stat sheet across the board on game days. Did it again here today in practice. Josiah Bronson made a bunch of plays in practice today. Just kept seeing 95 coming off the pile of chirping, and he earned it by the way he was beating blocks and making plays. I thought Emmanuel Ogba had some really good work hemming the edge in the running game, aside from the couple that popped, but more against the uh, the second team Also saw him win with a quick step inside as a pass rusher. His ability to get pressure from that three-technique position, man, he might be a pretty good uh, nickel inside rusher for you. Bradley Chubb had one of the best, has had one of the best camps so far, I should say. He had a sack on a spin move that was wicked. It had me like, you know that meme where the guy like does the, I don't, I don't know what it's from. He either does like a, a it's either a rap battle or a dance battle, and everyone kind of runs away with their hands on the side of their face, like, oh, I got him. And that's what I was doing after Bradley Chubb's spin move sack today. He just absolutely put a wicked move on Keon Smith to get a cross face for a, a sack. And I asked him a question today that I have long wondered And who better than Bradley Chubb to give you a well-thought-out answer here? And it coincides with why we don't concern ourselves with practice results, but rather process, right? Training camp has long been different strokes for different folks. Like, 
Rookies are trying to get their head above water. Veterans are sometimes trying to find the new technique they want to work on to perfect and improve a weakness in their game, a quote-unquote weakness. So I asked Bradley Chubb about the transition from fine-tuning to honing in on game days. Here's the Dolphins' outside linebacker. Yeah, for sure, man. And uh, I've been doing it the past two days when it comes in terms of just rushes and stuff, uh, trying different stuff out because um, throughout camp I was working on what worked for me. Okay, this I like this is my go-to. I'm going to do this. And now it's kind of a more of a, all right, I know what my go-tos are. What, what could be my change up if I'm third down and the team needs to play, but I'm tired. Okay, let me see if I could do this, how this works and stuff like that. So it's just, uh, like I said, it's kind of um, a practice. Like these next couple practices, like I said, is a good change of pace because you can work on yourself, work on, um, you know, being a better version of you instead of just competing 24-7. Additionally, I wanted to ask him how about how they, the defense has come along with getting guys reacting in second nature in a new system. And since he's now been a part of two Fangio installs, both in Denver and here in Miami, what is it about Vic that makes his system take hold so quickly? I've talked to analysts about this. I asked coaches earlier in the week. Let's go ahead and hear from Bradley Chubb, who's now done it twice under Vic Fangio. That's a good That's a good question, because I don't know what he does to make it do that. But it, I feel like everywhere I've been, man, he, he gets it in pretty quick. And like, I, I think it's just like a – it's a – complicated defense in terms of scheme and how the offense sees it, but for us it's kind of easy to learn, especially like the outside linebackers. We don't have um, too much verbiage and stuff like that that we got to go through. Um, so it's easier for us, but I know those guys in the back end, they, they work together, they study together, they do all those things to make sure they get it. So I'm, that's a good question. I'm not sure what makes it click like that so easily, but uh, whatever it is, he, he got it for sure. And of course, his running mates having some kind of training camp. I had Jalen Phillips with a sack, another pressure, and a run stuff in today's practice. There was a three-play stretch, and you know, Keon Smith has had a great camp, you know, especially with the growth he's shown from last year. But he got a baptism by fire today against Chubb, Phillips, and Van Ginkle. They all beat him on back-to-back-to-back pass rushes. Van Ginkle was everywhere today. He was a potential orange jersey player if they were still doing that. I didn't see one today, so I don't think they are. But he looks to me like he's added a bit of burst in that first step and some more lean with how he dips and bends the edge. So good work from the edge group today. A lot of one versus two and two versus one, and the ones obviously uh, got the best of that matchup on both sides of the ball. All right, let's go ahead and take our last break right there and come back and talk some secondary. That includes audio from the great Care Kohu. That's next. Drive Time Podcast, your host, Travis Wingfield, brought to you by AutoNation. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think he could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah yeah because you gotta think he's gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's go ahead and kick off this third segment here with some sound from Cater Kohu. He was asked today about what he's what he thinks he's made the most growth within his game from year one to year two. Here is the sophomore cornerback. Uh, just being more consistent. Last year I feel like I make splash plays and then kind of have down plays too. So just be staying more consistent, and not letting uh, like the bad play affect 
like the next play. And I really do think that Cater can, oh yeah, yes. Three run ninth inning for the Mariners to take the lead on the Chicago White Sox, looking for their ninth consecutive win, just one game back in the AL West. Just happens I'm recording the podcast. I think that Cater can do anything you ask of him. <laughs> True versatility. We saw a bit of that today, but the one theme you always see with him is he's tight in coverage. I'm still annoyed that CJ Stroud was perfect on that ball against him in coverage on the over route because I thought he defended that as well as you possibly could. Today in practice, I saw him match and carry tight ends twice, which covering tight ends is yeah, the more you can do, right? One was Elijah Higgins as the three, which is the most inside uh, route to the passing strength. And the other was Tanner Connor up the sideline to the boundary with the pass breakup. He does a little bit of everything. He also talked about how he can drill the consistency he's looking for in his game by being more routine based. Uh, really just like build into a routine. Like last year, I feel like it's a problem for most rookies. You come in and you, it's like hard to find the things that you do on a day-to-day basis to get yourself ready for practice or games or watching film and stuff like that. So just building a better routine, it just keeps you on track for, to make everything kind of like settle you down and just play football. He also mentioned Xavier Howard as a guy that has kind of been the blueprint for how to be a pro and how to approach the game. Let's go ahead and go to that audio real quick. Uh, he just plays the ball like crazy. <laughs> ball production, that's the biggest thing I think from X. Yeah. And he's just like eight. Like playing corner, I feel like you have to have like a short-term memory. His he has like he he got that down to a pack. Like he's real good at not letting anything like getting too high, getting too low. Speaking of X man, he had himself a pick six today, vintage X rep where he drove out of the back pedal, stepped right in front of the football from Mike White, and took it back the other way. He has quietly had a very very good camp. Cam Smith has not been quiet about it. He's had a bunch of what a bunch of tuncha a bunch of ball production. And he's back getting work, and he looks like he picked up right where he left off. He came downhill on an outside run in low red zone where he was in perfect shape for a stick on a run stuff, uh, TFL really. I mean, you can't tag. It's just a tag off, so we're not physically making the play. But I've seen him make that play a few times. He was also in coverage twice on incompletions from Skylar Thompson where I, sh- I saw him drop, flip the hips, open up and run, then work back down the stem. Just moves about the field so seamlessly. Verone McKinley had a terrific pass breakup working on a deep over route from Tua to Cedric Wilson. Tua cut it loose. I was like, that's a big play coming right here. But McKinley got depth and, and got on his horse to find his way into that zone to take away the throw and get the pass breakup. And then finally, Javon Holland. Uh, he's kind of like X in the way that there's not a lot of like splash plays that happen. Obviously today for X, he did have that. But he just continues to be the patrol man in the back end that thwarts any and all deep threats. You so often see him just run off a guy who looks like he's going to have a vertical shot down the field and just runs it off and helps and takes it away. Even if the receiver has a good release and beats the cornerback, Javon's usually there to clean it up on the back end. It's so very impressive to watch. All right, let's go ahead and get out of here. That's the podcast. We'll be back tomorrow for the last day of training camp coverage. Have a podcast for you guys on a Friday as well as recap the game on Sunday morning. And then we'll have a fun week of content for you guys next week. But until then, that's going to be my time. You all, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. You can follow me on social at Wingfield NFL. Follow the team at Miami Dolphins. Check out the Fish Tank podcast with Seth and Juice. Check out the YouTube channel. We have media availabilities, Dolphins Today, some drive time and Fish Tank content up there as well. And last but not least, MiamiDolphins.com. Until next time, fins up. Caroline Cameron, Daddy's coming home.